All right, Thrive Nation, we are joined on today's broadcast with Lynn Wood for Fireside Chat number 14. Lynn, how are you, sir? Well, I'm doing okay. Another day, uh, still fighting the battles. How are you? Well, I'm honored to have you on here, and we have a lot of listeners reaching out to us who are asking, they're saying, what is Lynn Wood's take on the CPAC uh, speech delivered by President Trump? You know, what is his take on it? You've almost become like the John Madden of the conservative movement, where people want to get your take on the, the, the plays that are happening right in front of them. Uh, Lynn, I know you watched the CPAC speech. What were your initial thoughts there, sir? I viewed the speech uh, primarily uh, from the lens of it being a State of the Union address uh, because the president did an excellent job, I think, of covering where the country was before we got this fake Biden administration. And then he talked about where the country is under the policies of Joe Biden mm. uh, and essentially said, I told you this is what he was going to do, and he's doing it uh, in this quote-unquote administration. Uh, and then he talked about uh, the future and things that need to be done. So I viewed it as a State of the Union address, and I thought it was an excellent speech. Uh, it did not uh, lay out to the American public what are we going to do about the present situation in the terms I think most uh, listeners wanted to hear. Yep. But again, I think that uh, would have been intentional on the president's part. Whatever's going on, uh, the president's not going to tell you that right now. If there's a plan, there's a plan. If there's not, well, we'll cross that bridge and we get to it. Lynn, I, I took note of 27 specific uh, statements or comments the president made, and I wanted to get your take on many of these. So we'll kind of go with a, a little uh, more rapidity than previous interviews with you. I'll just kind of throw them out there for you. I want to get your take on it. Uh, first observation I had was the president said, we began the journey four years ago, and it is far from being over. And I'm paraphrasing, and I will put the entirety of the president's speech at the end of today's broadcast so people can hear every word he said. What were your thoughts when the president said that the journey is far from being over? Uh, I think the journey is far from being over. Hmm. I think the president made uh, it clear in that statement that uh, he started this journey four years ago. I don't think there's going to be a four-year gap in time. Uh, I think the journey is still ongoing, and there's still much to do, and I think he's going to get it done. I've never wavered in my belief that Donald Trump uh, will be the president of the United States for the next four years. I think every listener would agree uh, that supports freedom that under the debacle of what's going on right now under the guise of the Biden administration, this country can't wait to try to fix it in four years or even two years. Yeah. I did not hear the president make reference to 2022. I did hear him make reference to the next election. The question is, when is that next election going to occur? Mm. He didn't tell us the answer to that, did he? He did not. And I will say this, uh, faith uh, Martin Luther King Jr. once said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Uh, Lynn, you're a man who's uh, filled with faith, and you've certainly not wavered at all, which is uh, uh, it's rare, this, this sort of faith. When, when, when you heard uh, at the 150 mark of the speech, President Trump said, let there be no doubt we will be victorious and stronger than ever before. What was going on with your faith, or how were your, how was your faith? How, how were you processing the president saying we will be victorious and stronger than ever before? My faith has been solid on the issue of truth versus lie. My faith in God, uh, I have no doubt that truth prevails over lies. And anyone who is objective and looks at the evidence from the 2020 election knows that President Trump won a landslide re-election, historic mm. landslide. Yep. That's the truth. Biden lost miserably. True. To say that Biden is somehow the president and was elected in November of 2020 is a lie. So my faith remains uh, unshaken 
I believe the truth will prevail, and I believe that Trump won, and we're never going to have a president of the United States that lost an election and cheated. The Biden people cheated. Mm. So if you believe in God, as I do, and believe that this is about powers and principalities and not the flesh, I believe that, as I've said many times, we're talking with you, Clay, that when the second harvest, it's almost as if the country needs to see how bad it would be if these people were legitimately in office to come to grips with the fact that we've got to fix the November 2020 election. Because if we do not, then this victory that President Trump talks about is likely, if not I'm not even sure it likely won't happen. I don't believe it will happen. Look at H.R. 1. He talked about that in his speech. Your listeners need to look into what H.R. 1 does. H.R. 1 legitimizes all of the election fraud tactics that were used in 2020. Mm. How are you going to have an election in uh, 2022 or 2024 if the same fraudulent rules apply where you don't verify voters, where you have all this mail-in votes, Yep, they're setting up a scenario where if they were in power and if they were to remain in power, yep. they're going to stay in power. That doesn't, that, that does, that's not consistent with what President Trump is saying when he said, we're going to continue our journey and we're going to be victorious. So I think you have to look at what the president said. You have to analyze what he didn't say. And you have to probably put in a little bit of faith uh, that there are things going on that he's not going to talk about. You know, we, we spiritually we travel by faith, not by sight. Hmm. The same prism applies in the real world. Sometimes we have to travel by faith and not sight. Uh, whatever's going on in this country, uh, I believe you're not going to see it until you see it. I still have strong faith that in the near term, we're going to fix this November 2020 debacle. And President Trump is going to be recognized as president for four more years. I will say uh, Israel is the country, is the nation that God chose, and America is the, the, the nation that chose God. And I don't believe that God forgot about us. However, a lot of people have been you know, scrambling, saying, should we start a new party? Are we going to start a new party? Well, at the three-minute and 50-second mark of his CPAC uh, speech. President Trump said we are not going to start new parties. What were your thoughts on that? A party name is just that. It's a name. Uh, a political party has to stand for certain values and certain goals. I think the Republican Party, in terms of we the people who identified as Republicans, stand for certain principles and we have certain goals. So you can call us the Patriot Party or you can call us the Republican Party. The question is, who is in control of the party? The Republican Party has gotten under the control of people who are not patriots to we the people. Their loyalties lie elsewhere with the almighty dollar, with foreign governments uh, involved in corruption. So what I, I believe the president's saying makes sense. But you got to add one little caveat in, and he named some names. you got to get rid of these people in the Republican Party that are at the top of the party. They're taking our money, and they're not doing the work that we expected them to do as leaders in the party. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel. The Republican Party has a strong organization of people on the ground. It has the ability to add some of the very good candidates that presently are in office. And so you can deal with the Republican Party, not by crossing it out and trying to run a third party, which by definition divides up voters uh, and makes it more difficult for one party or third party to win, just rebuild and correct the problems in the Republican Party. And so I think the president's right. Just like I think you got to rebuild the problems and fix them that existed in the November 2020 election. Fix those problems in the election fix the leadership problems in the Republican Party, and then your best days lie ahead. Lynn, uh, you know, President Trump, I, 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 I couldn't believe that. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked, I guess, that he said it, but it was like, 
shocking that we would be at a place in American history where this would be said. At the 4 minute and 50 second mark of his talk, he said it all leads to communism. He said it all leads to communism, which you're going to hear more about in the future. What were your thoughts watching a president talk about it all leads to communism? I believe that President Trump has had to prepare the battlefield. And what I mean by that is sometimes you just you just don't walk in and drop a bomb. And, and everybody goes, what in the heck happened? you got to prepare people for the fact that there might be a bomb to be dropped. And I use that figuratively. Yeah. You could say you've got to prepare somebody. You shake them a little bit before you dump an uh, ice-cold bucket of uh, water on them to wake them up. Yeah. So preparing the battlefield to me means that this country for 20-some years took its eye off of communism. We got bogged down, and I think our leaders led us there intentionally. We're looking at the Middle East. Communism never took its eyes off of America. And what happened is communism took control of our country, but not physical control. That requires the military. But they took control of our country, and they took us over in every branch of our government. And they did it just like Khrushchev said they would do it without firing a shot. Yep. I personally believe, without ever having had the conversation with the president, I believe, though, that Donald Trump, from his historical background, knows communism. His personal lawyer was Roy Cohen until Cohen's death. Roy Cohen served as the counsel for Senator McCarthy. Now, I can tell you, as I've said before, McCarthy, Cohen, uh, me, you, we're all flawed people. But Roy Cohen and Joe McCarthy were right about communism. So I believe, just like J. Edgar Hoover, flawed man, but he was right about communism. I believe that Donald Trump knows communism. But he couldn't run in 2016 saying we're going to drain the swamp of all the communists. Everybody looked over and said, what in the world is he talking about? Because we forgot about him. But I think we're now beginning to hear about him. I've been talking about it for some period of time. And I think President Trump, using that word directly, is signaling to the public the reality that America right now, short of the military control, America is being run like a communist country. Uh, you know, the president mentioned at the five minute and 15 second mark, he said, we knew Biden would be bad, but we didn't know it would be this bad. And then at the 550 mark, he says it's been the most disastrous first month of any president. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Would you agree that the Biden administration's first month has been the most disastrous month in, in, in the history for any American president? Yes. From my, from my knowledge, uh, my life's experience plus what I've studied uh, by way of history, I don't think there's any question about that. He has dismantled uh, the Trump gains, and he has put our country at significant risk, both as to China, uh, as to Iran, as to uh, the forces that work in the WHO. Uh, We're in trouble if if Biden is actually the president, which I still have my uh, feelings on that I don't believe he is because he didn't win. He can't be legitimate without winning the vote. And so I believe that he's not only the worst president, but if he were to be the president for much longer, our country will suffer in a fashion that it would take us generations to recover from. I do not believe that Donald Trump ever intended or will tolerate that happening. I believe that he is a patriot in the sense that he will fight for America. I believe that he is a man that loves we the people as we love him. The idea that Donald Trump is going to walk out of this debacle where he won a landslide victory and turn the keys of freedom over to the communists and the globalists and the CIA that works with them, the idea that he's going to do that and tell you I'll see you in four years to me is nonsense. I don't believe that's what's going on. Uh, there is there is so much going on, and people are just str- they're, they're, they're overwhelmed by misinformation, uh, reports of things that rumors of things that might happen, things that you know, there aren't, aren't going to happen. What's going to a lot of theories, a lot of strategies out there being floated. 
Uh, but President Trump brought us back to reality, and he said, hey, at, at, the nine, at the 9 minute and 50 minute mark of the speech, he said, catch and release is back. Catch and release is back. Lynn, can you briefly explain, and I'm not expecting you to be an immigration expert, but what is catch and release? Well, when you catch someone within our borders uh, here illegally, uh, they basically charge them, and then they release them into our country. And I think if you look at the statistics, most of them don't show back up for court. So you're basically arresting, uh, and it's just an act, uh, but you're not really taking the steps to prosecute and return the people from the country they came from. So what, what Biden uh, would like to do and what he's saying that he's doing is he's basically doing what they tried to do over in Europe. He's taking down our borders so that it's a free-for-all in America. Whoever wants to come here comes here. Doesn't matter who they are, what they do, if they bring uh, uh, benefits to us as a society, or whether they bring harm to us as a society. And and, and I remember long uh, uh, when he first started his campaign, uh, President Trump made a statement that I think is absolutely unequivocally true: If you do not have borders, you do not have a country. And I'll add something to that: If you do not have an honest election. You do not have the rule of law. Mm. I agree. It's it's scary. It's truthful. Uh, let's talk about the rule of law for a second. Dr. Fauci apparently just likes to run roughshod over the First Amendment. He believes that a pandemic or a, a when, you, when you take models that falsely James, you're, you're an attorney. You've seen this. Yeah, you're a logical right. guy. Mm -hmm. The models that said 2.2 million people would die originally. They weren't even created in the United States. The models were created by the Abdul Latif Jamil Institute. And Dr. Fauci thought that was justification to shut down our country, to shutter our schools, to close our churches, to stop people from singing in churches. Uh, then the PCR tests, after the models were debunked, and the models were proven to be wrong by 25 times, then the PCR tests were falsely calibrated to continue perpetuating the fear. But the whole time, remember Fauci said, you shouldn't wear a mask, that you should wear a mask. Now, President Trump called him out and at the 11 minute and 15 second mark of his speech. He said, first Fauci said, no masks, then double masks. And he sort of uh, called Fauci out for who he is and for what he is. Were you, were you happy to see that? What were your thoughts when you saw President Trump naming names, specifically Dr. Fauci? Well, I like the names that he named. I'm glad he did it. Fauci, well, I'm... I saw all I needed to see about Fauci when he threw out that opening pitch and, and threw it into the first base dugout on a bounce. And, and you know, if you can't throw a baseball within a close proximity of home plate, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Either just don't agree to do it, and if you're going to do it, practice and just throw it as hard as you can so you don't get make a fool of yourself. Fauci is a fool. That was look his most his accurate pitch, pitch though. That look, was look, he was probably closer to being right about his pitch than he has been on COVID right. and how you treat it. Yep. I tell you that, and that's, that tells you how bad he is on COVID. What we've done is we've been we've been brainwashed, and and too many people are listening to Fauci, and they say, okay, Fauci says wear a mask. They don't go back and and look at, at Fauci's history where he says don't wear a mask. Mm. They just accept things at face value that the propaganda media puts out there. If anyone would take the time to go out and look at the legitimate research and information on Fauci, you wouldn't trust Fauci uh, to be a, a, a school patrol officer. Mm. He's all over the place. And his ties to some of the nefarious characters were involved with respect to COVID and with respect to the vaccine. Fauci is simply a man that if you know all about him, you would never trust him. Yep. But people take things at face value from the propaganda media they got their own lives to lead, and they don't either take the time or have the time or make the time to look into some of these people that are, in effect, leading our country to a road of disaster. So as individuals, we've got to get informed. Anyone that informs himself about Mr. Fauci is not going to trust Fauci uh, to be a school patrolman. I wouldn't trust him with my dogs. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Fauci, for people out there that don't know this, uh, we're going to call this the keyboard challenge, Lynn, if it's okay. I, I know, uh, you know, some people have been put on some the, the COVID-19. They've been locked in, Lynn. If it's okay, I'm going to challenge people to a cardiovascular activity real quick here. We're all going to type 
the following thing into Google. Everybody type it into Google. Type in Dr. Fauci funds controversial Wuhan lab. James, you, you, did you find the Newsweek article? Newsweek, yeah. Okay, so Dr. Fauci funded the controversial Wuhan lab that does gain-of-function research. Now, folks, gain-of-function research is criticized by most scientists because it involves taking naturally occurring coronaviruses from animals and mixing it with fresh but never fro frozen aborted baby tissue. Lynn, what are your thoughts on gain-of-function research where you take naturally occurring coronavirus tissue and you mix it with aborted baby tissue they call fetal tissue i call it baby tissue to see if the virus can gain the function of infecting humans what are your, what are your thoughts on just the research the overall research conducted by dr fauci i'm not a medical doctor and i'm not a scientist uh i, I would just say i'm an average person that has some interest in being informed let me give you what my best reaction to it would be if somebody puts together a big bowl of vegetable soup and they put all kinds of things in it i'm going to want to know what's in it before i eat it mm. and if you're going to give me a vaccine uh, I, I want to know what's in it before i take it and i don't think people know uh, what's in this vaccine and the frightening part to me is beyond the sciences part of it scientific and, and the ingredients i look at it and say what's the history of this vaccine being tested what's been the trials conducted on humans who agreed to be subject to those trials there's no history there's been no there's been no experiments there's no there's been no trials to find out what are the complications what can this really do to you long term does it create sterility in females does it create a greater susceptibility to harm if mm. you get the virus again these are legitimate questions, and what bothers me is that they rush these vaccines through on an emergency basis, which required that there was no effective treatment for COVID. Mm. We know there were effective treatments for COVID, and they existed during the time period when we were told, and, and the information about them was censored. Hydroxychloroquine, they told you, don't take it. They censored people saying, doctors saying, it works. It's been tested. It doesn't harm. It's inexpensive. And then they censored that so they have an excuse to rush through on an emergency basis the vaccines. It makes no sense. Why in the world would you take a vaccine that's untested on humans where the long-term effects are unknown and take it instead of taking medications that are known that do not put you at the risk that you potentially face with the vaccine. You know there are several that exist and medical doctors out there doing medicine in the real world, not somebody like Fauci who's a politician and other words I'd use for him. Uh, why, why would you not sit down and look at the medicine and, and take a, take, look, do the patient no harm. First try what's known to work. Mm. And then test things that might be better. Vaccines are not the end all. Even with this COVID vaccines, they tell you you can still catch COVID. Yeah. They tell you that you can still transmit COVID. Yes. You still got to wear the mask. You still got to social distance. And I look over at my friends and I go, well, why'd you take the vaccine? And especially when you know that there's some mechanism involved, whether it's DNA or RNA whatever the technical terms are, yeah, you don't know what that's going to do to you. Folks. So it's almost like a feel-good shot. I'll take it so I'll feel better that I'm not as at risk. You may be placing yourself at more risk. So everybody has the right to make their own decision. Everybody ought to say, well, I'm going to take it and take the risk, or I'm not going to take it and take the risk. But I would urge that the decision be an informed decision. And, and if it's just taken on blind faith based on what somebody like Fauci or Bill Gates is saying right. or the media is telling you, I'd watch out. I'd be more inclined to not get near it with a 10-foot pole.
Now, folks, check this out, okay? Let's talk about who is developing the vaccines. James, is that a fair question? You're an attorney as well. Yeah, is that a fair question? It is, certainly. Andrew, would you want to know who is developing the, the vaccine soup? Absolutely. Okay, so Bill Gates, everybody type this in. Again, I know, we've, I know a lot of people have been quarantining for a while. A lot of physical activity might cause carpal tunnel, but I'm going to encourage everybody to type this into Google real quick. Type in Bill Gates blocking the sun. Lynn, Bill Gates is developing a technology to block out the sun's rays, and Bill Gates chose to become good friends with Jeffrey Epstein after Jeffrey Epstein became the world's most prolific convicted pedophile. Also, Jeffrey Epstein was working on creating his own race of people. Folks, type that into Google. Jeffrey Epstein creates own race of people. He and Bill Gates were working on creating their own race of people. Folks, if you're listening right now and you want to see what's inside the COVID-19 vaccines, simply fire off a text right now to 918-851-6920, 918-851-6920. I want to ask you this question, Lynn, unrelated to the CPAC uh, speech from President Trump. But uh, in April at our conference, if you decide to come, by the way, I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Jim Meehan and uh, to uh, uh, Dr. Bartlett there, Richard Bartlett. These guys, between the two of them, just these two doctors, have treated thousands of COVID-19 patients with zero deaths using budesonide, ivermectin, and hydroxychloroquine. Lynn, at, at what point, I mean, when, when somebody's, you know, treated thousands of deaths or thousands of patients with zero deaths, when they've treated thousands of patients with zero deaths, at what point do they have a winning record in your mind? Uh, right away. <laughs> once I once I realize that they, they're undefeated, they're winners. <laughs> right. Just it, 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 we people take the flu shot. Uh, I, I I've taken one in the past. I don't take them now. Yeah. But they they give you a flu shot uh, if you take it every year. It's for last year's flu. They know that the flu, when it returns, is going to be a variant. But they'll tell you, well, it, it lessens the chance that you get it, maybe, maybe not. But it may lessen the symptoms and what you suffer if you do get the new flu. Mm. What changed? I mean, stop and think about it. Where did the flu go this year? Where was the flu season? The flu was COVID-19. Yep. Was it enhanced by China? I believe that it was. I think it was a serious flu because it attacked your respiratory system. Yep. But it was a flu. And when you cut down in time all of the lies that were told about the numbers of people who died from it, I believe you're going to find that the numbers in the death range of the COVID-19 are essentially the equivalent to the numbers that we have experienced in terms of deaths from the flu mm. for the past many years. So I'm looking over and I'm saying, look, this is my, this is my health. This is my physical body. Yep. I'd like to leave it as much as I can the way God created it. He did give us an immune system, don't forget, and True. it didn't require wearing a mask. Yep. And, and then I look over and I look at my children, my daughters, uh, my sons. What impact is this vaccine going to have on them, especially when it's dealing with issues related to your potentially your DNA? That changes your body structure. True. So it's not been explored. So I got, I got one side that's an undefeated winner. And I've got one side that hasn't even shown me that they're qualified to play in the game. So it's an easy call for me. I'm going to take the thing that I know will do the least harm, and I'm going to try it first before I go to something unknown that could create significant harm. It's a matter of common sense, Clay. Lynn, I, I, uh, I'm not smart enough in terms of my ability to memorize things to have ever passed law school. I'm a good critical thinker, but as it relates to memorization, I struggle with that. You, though, have, uh, you, you have the ability to memorize, recall facts, as well as be a critical thinker. So I'm going to throw like a, a nine-part question at you at one time. We'll see what happens, okay? I'm throwing a nine-part question okay. at you. Here we go. But don't, get, don't give law students and lawyers too much credit about this. <laughs> I'm a little bit upset with the legal profession right now. I'm thinking about to get rid of like 95% well, of them. But go ahead. Throw okay, it I'm going to throw out a nine-part question. President Trump goes on to talk about how students are depressed. We need to open the schools, you know, like South Dakota did. He points out that he wants to open the schools. Joe Biden wants to keep the schools shut. He points out we have therapeutics that work. Joe Biden doesn't want you to have it. 
He points out he's in favor of the Second Amendment, a right to bear arms. Joe Biden's against it. He points out Joe Biden is now funding the World Health Organization that he defunded. He pointed out that Joe Biden is now against fracking when he said he wasn't against fracking. He pointed out that gas prices are going up. Well, under his presidency, the prices went down. He's talking about how Joe Biden is destroying women's sports by allowing transgender athletes. Well, he talked about he was in favor of men's and women's sports. He talks about Joe Biden's trans- transitioning us to communism, and he's in favor of fighting for the America envisioned by George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. He talks about how Joe Biden wants to cancel culture, how he wants, yet uh, President Trump wanted to fight to defend our Constitution. He talks about why he's in favor, why President Trump is in favor of voter ID, where Joe Biden is not in favor of voter ID. In fact, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is not in favor of voter ID unless he's being recalled. Then he wants ID. Um, again, he, President, President Trump says now's the time to stand up against big tech. Joe Biden is in bed with big tech. It seems like President Trump was really dividing. He was really contrasting where he stands versus where Joe Biden stands, where freedom-loving Americans stands, where freedom-loving Americans stand versus where communists stand up. Uh, how would you, I mean, how would you describe those nine or ten points where President Trump very, he made it very clear where he stands versus where Joe Biden stands? What, what do you think was going on there? Let me give you three, three uh, analyses. One, you, you hit it on the nail of the head. It's freedom versus tyranny. Second, I would say it's the people's right to control their lives versus government's control of their lives. And then moving to a spiritual analysis, which I think everything has to be done through that prism. I'd look at it and say it's good versus evil. We have to remember that God gave the devil dominion over earth. Mm. So we shouldn't be surprised that the leaders in this world are aligned with evil more than good. And I think that what we've seen in recent years and in recent months is a rise in the level of evil that even most people are now having to say, I've never seen anything like this. They are literally flaunting it in our faces. So either we're going to go down the road to destruction and the end of uh, the world, or we're going to have what I believe is a second harvest where we're going to have a return to our belief in God, that God is real. I believe from day one this is the battle between good and evil. I think it's the greatest battle between good and evil in the history of mankind. I believe that good will prevail because God has already defeated the devil. Yep. And then we're going to see things play out the way the Bible says they'll play out. So while we sit around and say, does does Trump have a plan that he's not revealing to us? I tend, based on faith and the history of Donald Trump and the the body of his life's work and his love for freedom and his love for country and his love for the people, I go on faith that Donald Trump and others have a plan. But let's assume that I'm wrong. I know that God has a plan, period, end of discussion. So the question is, we don't worry as much about what's going to happen. It's already planned. What we need to do on a day-by-day basis is to do what we can to help God's plan, to do his will. If we help him, Mm. he'll reward us. If we don't help him, not going to end so well. But God's going to do it whether we help him or not. It's his plan. It's his world. He gave the devil dominion over it. But God created it, and God controls it. So I think that what you heard, President, uh, what the, the things that you gave me, boil down to the to the essentials of God versus the devil, freedom versus tyranny, good versus evil. And I think that's what the president said, even if he wasn't intending it in the way that I've analyzed it. I think. Uh, I, 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 can I say? Yeah. Let, me, let me add one other thing yes. in there because you mentioned. President Trump mentioned two great leaders, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Yes, he did. Am I right? Yes, he did. George Washington was the leader of this country when we fought for our freedom. Abraham Lincoln was the leader of this country when we sought to put our country 
back together again, to bring us back into one union. So you got one president that led the revolution. You've got one president that led at the time of the Civil War. I believe this country is divided. I think that the nefarious actors have tried to create greater divisions. So one could say that we're on the brink of a civil war. But I think the numbers are dramatically shifting even since the uh, false election in favor of freedom over tyranny. I think we have risk uh, from within and outside that threaten our freedom. So we're in a battle right now to unite our country and to maintain our freedom. Yep. I think the president picked two great examples, George Washington for our freedom, Abraham Lincoln, who united us after a civil war. I don't think those names were picked at random. Lynn, what I'm going to try to do here, you know, a lot of these uh, podcasts, they're always trying to sell people something. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? James, you've seen this. <laughs> yeah. Pod, they're always trying to throw in the slicer and dicer and the, and the thing. I'm going to try to sell Lynn Wood on the idea of coming to Jinx, Oklahoma. Okay, right, here it. we go. Here we go, well, Lynn. You, yeah. you already sold me on that. <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you coming, Lynn? Are you coming to join us? If I say I'm going to do it and God's willing to let oh, me be alive and kicking, I'll be there. April 16th and 17th, are you coming to Are you coming to the conference, Lynn? I heard it's in Jinx. Oh! Am I right? Yes, sir. That's it. I heard, I heard Jinx is uh, right outside of Am I right? Yes, sir. Sounds like I know where I'm going. Oh, Lynn Wood's gonna be there now. Now, now, Lynn, I want to tell you some great. I want to tell you some great news here. Jinx, the city council. We got we had Dr. Jim Meehan, who you're gonna meet, and Dr. Bartlett from Texas, and Dr. Rob Marsh, and many other great patriots. They met with the city council. You saw this, James. These people met with the city council, yep. and Jinx rescinded their mask mandate. So, Lynn, we can Good see your him. face. So, Jinx, Oklahoma. Oh. A mask-free event. It's so exciting. I know, James, you're an attorney. Yeah. Uh, you, you were asking Sorry. me earlier, do you think Lynn could sign your forehead? And I said, that's too much. We can't do that. <laughs> no, because you'll be hugging him the whole time, Clay. <laughs> All right. So, James, what question would you have for, for uh, Lynn Wood? Okay, I did some quick and dirty research while, while we're on the um, – Oh, really? On the, yeah, quick and dirty research while we're, <laughs> while we're recording here. And, I, you know, what I was thinking, I was looking at the, the sort of past tyrants and dictators, and what I could find as we were – sort of going through this, or you and Clay were talking, was, you know, there's Mussolini, there's, you know, in Italy, there's Franco in Spain, there's Castro in Cuba, there's Hitler in Germany. And I wanted to see how long these folks were in power for. And, you know, it ranges anywhere from about 20 years to 49 years. I think Stop being so negative over there, by the way. Stop it. (laughs) And Castro, Castro was 49. And I was thinking with, you know, Trump having 85 million or 100 million or however many millions of votes that he had, it was probably even more than that. And with our access to information, with our access to, you know, communication, ways to communicate, you know, they they knock us off parlor. We have something else. They knock us off Twitter. We have something else. They knock us off Facebook. We have something else. We're resilient. We'll we'll rise. We will fight and we will continue to fight. We'll band together. How can somebody possibly be in power for more than, I don't know, a couple months? This just doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me how mm. how we are so we know what's going on, right? We know what's going on. We have access to information. We have access to communication. We have access to arms. We've the people that I know are very, very well stocked up and are ready to, to fight for freedom. And after all, we have God yep. on our side as well. Right. So how can somebody possibly stay in power again uh, that shouldn't be there for longer than a few months? Well, God plus one is the majority. Yeah. So 300 beats 187,000. Talk, talk to old Gideon about that when you see him in heaven. Let me, let me say that I don't believe that our country is going to sit back for any length of time and tolerate tyranny, communism, one-world government run by nefarious evil actors. It's not going to happen. If it was going to happen then the majority, the 85 or 90 million or the 100 million that voted for Trump and many that supported him that didn't go vote but still love freedom, if they didn't exist, if they wanted this country to be communist, socialist, if they wanted us to be run by George Soros and his ilk, then we'd be run by that person, and we'd be willing participants in that type of a government. Mm. 
That's not the government of America. No, sir. America is founded on the rule of law in our Constitution, founded on the, on the Word of God, and our country has, from its very inception, been a country of freedom. That spirit of freedom runs in the blood of every true American citizen. Do I believe this country could get to a King George situation where the civilians will stand up and fight? It's not, out, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. It happened in 1776. It could happen again in 2021. But I don't see that, and I'm not advocating for that because I don't think it's time for the country to do that. I think we should always be prepared. Yep. There's a reason why our founding fathers established the right to bear arms the right to have a well-armed militia to prevent another King George. And I also believe that if you look back at the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, it says that we have the right as citizens of America to take action if we ever have an illegal government. So we're not going outside the law if that time were to come. I hope it doesn't. I pray it doesn't. Mm. I believe that the military in this country has a sworn obligation to defend our Constitution and to protect our people. The military should never be political. It should never be partisan. I don't believe it is. I believe it's made up of men and women who love America, who take their oaths seriously. So whatever the politics may be, if they see our country taken over illegally and being taken over by a philosophy that goes directly contrary to the spirit of freedom that resides in every one of our citizens that love this country. I believe our military will take the action to make this foolishness and this evil, they'll deal with it. And so, look, I've been wrong on certain things in the past. I'm imperfect. I'm not a prophet, and I don't have a crystal ball, and I don't have a time machine. But I look back at history. History is the greatest prognosticator of them all. What we have been in historically, I believe, will continue to be in the future. So I think that freedom is in our blood, it's in our spirit, and I believe that it's in the spirit and the blood of the military. I believe it's in the spirit and the blood of Donald Trump. And don't forget, 80 to 100 million people are not going to be governed by a system of government they did not select, they did not support, and they did not vote for. So the enemy is fooling itself. The enemy has already lost because it took on the wrong country and the wrong people. It took on American patriots. They've already lost. All they got to do is check the record, check history. Andrew, we have time for one final question. Uh, you were born yesterday, correct? That's that's actually the day before yesterday. How old, how old are you? Uh, I'm 22. And, Lynn, you've been practicing law for twice of Andrew's age, right? I mean, you've been an attorney for 40 years, correct? Now, first you wanted me to commit to being in Jinx, and I went along with it, and I'm going to be there. Now you want me to talk about how old I am and how young this gentleman is. I I'm 68 years old. I've been practicing law for 43 years. I, I really don't mind. I don't really mind telling you because I tell the truth. So hmm. I have been around for a while. I've seen. Uh, I was born in '52. Yeah. When Harry Truman was president. Wow. So I kind of lived. I've lived to see. Well, Eisenhower became president in January when I was three months old. So I'm not that old. But I've seen. I've seen communism in this country. Hmm. I've seen the Cold War. I saw the Cuban Missile Crisis. I've seen the Vietnam War. I've, I've seen uh, what's happened to us in the Middle East. And so I've got some perspective. You know, with age, you should get wisdom. And with wisdom, eventually, you should learn discernment. Uh, all of those things come from God. He'll give you the discernment. He'll give you the wisdom you need to do the job he created you to do. So I feel like I've got a, a wealth of experience, not unlike a lot of other people my age, a little younger or a little older. Talk to those people. Get a group of people that have lived through four decades, five decades, six decades. See how they feel about what's going on in this country right now. You're not going to find anybody that's looking for the Biden administration to be real. You're so in- we've got a younger generation, and I'm, yep. I'm sorry to go after the 22-year-old, but I don't think you're one of those 
my children went to school, and I assumed that they were learning the same things I learned, being taught the things I was taught. I didn't pay attention. They were not. I, I want to get Andrew's t- take on over, this. Communism took over our school system, yeah. our educational system. Yep. It's, ta- it's gotten into our churches. It's gotten into our government. It's gotten into our businesses. It is an insidious uh, philosophy based on Satan. Communism doesn't have its roots in God. But they come in and they've impacted every aspect of our life. Now we know it. Now we're feeling what it would be like to live in a communist country. And let me tell you, two months is two months too long. I think most of the American patriots are looking over saying, we've had enough, but sooner or later enough is going to be enough. We're going to choose to live differently. We're going to choose to give our generations to come the same liberty and the same opportunities that we had over the last five or six decades. So I have faith in Americans. I have faith in our system of government. And I look over and say, I know this is going to happen and that's going to happen. Trump told me this, told me that. No, I travel on faith, not sight. Andrew, I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah. You can ask Linwood any question you want. Mm-hmm. You're a guy, you're married. That's true. You believe in the Second Amendment. You own rental yep. properties. You've been on our payroll for about four years at this point. Yeah. Your wife does a phenomenal job. She does. What question do you have for, for Linwood? Yeah, I love hearing you talk about uh, the birth and the beginning of our country. Um, this past weekend, I was reading uh, through a book, and they were going through it. It was Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, and he actually goes into detail about the founding of the country here and how there was a few, just a small handful of very um, motivated people, that, um, including uh, Sam Adams, who— uh, you know, started the country here. And so right now what I'm seeing is there's a lot of good people uh, around me in my life that I see that are that are running for office and elected positions uh, because they saw what happened on the federal level and they saw what happened in the nation. And so they're they're running locally to make a difference. So I'm curious, is is that the solution or what what should people be doing right now uh, to help uh, to help make a change or a difference or what action should people be taking? Mm. I think you have to start from the ground up again. And what I mean by that is you've got to start in your communities. And you've got to put together your community that makes sure your community wants freedom. And then your communities will make up your states. You've got to be working to make sure your state is governed by people who love freedom that love America and the Constitution. Remember, we're not just one country that was cut out of of the land. We are a united group of states. Now, we had our states split up in the Civil War. I hope that doesn't happen again. But in, in theory, if your community and your communities that make up your state say that we stand for the Constitution, we stand for freedom, and some state clear across 3,000 miles away says, we don't, you can't be united. Mm. I believe that that, that the the country is more united than the media and the propagandists and the people that are trying to take us over are willing to ever admit. Look at Trump's vote. Look at the legitimate electoral college vote that he won. I think he won, uh, from what I'm told, he won California. So I don't think we are divided. I think we're still a United States of America. And I believe that when people do their homework and think for themselves, they're going to realize that we need to once again focus on the things that are similar to us and not be led astray to focus on the things that are different. We're always going to be more alike than we are different. The enemy has tried to focus and exacerbate and lie about our differences so we need from a local level to a state level to focus on our similarities and i think we're going to realize that we are still going to come out of this as the united states of america is it going to be a painful process yep it's already painful i think there are a lot of people in this country that see what's happening to their freedoms their freedom of speech their freedom of assembly their their freedom of religion they're seeing the threats against their Second Amendment, then it's going to be your due process, then it's going to be taking away your right to a jury trial. What you're seeing is they're taking away our Constitution, our Mm -hmm. Bill of Rights. 
I don't believe that the Americans are ready to allow that to happen. And if we do, in my view, we're doomed. We're going to be like the people that are oppressed and controlled by a ruling elite and essentially become a servant class. They're taking away our middle class. That's what they want to do because it's within that middle class that people at the lower can aspire to move up. And it's that middle class that makes up the heart and soul of America. Hillary Clinton called them deplorables. So mm. I'm a deplorable. I'm proud of it. I'm a middle class citizen. Yep. I've had some great success in my life because I had the opportunities that America gave me to have it. Amen. So I believe the middle class is where the heart and soul and the backbone of America is. That's why they're trying to take it away so that the rich folks, the elitist, can rule over a group of servants, a servant class. I don't believe that's going to happen in America. That's what they're trying to do right now, and it's got to stop. Lynn, I, I appreciate you uh, breaking down President Trump's uh, CPAC uh, speech. We will put that on the end of today's show so people can watch the entire show in its entirety. And, uh, uh, brother, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to answer uh, the questions and to provide insight into President Trump's uh, speech because so many people wanted to get your take on that. I'll give you the final word, sir. What, would you like to, what else would you like to share before we wrap well, up this portion of today's uh, interview? Well, I want to emphasize one thing is that I don't represent President Trump. I've had the privilege to meet him one time when he asked to meet with me back in March of last year. I've spoken to him on the phone a couple of times, but that's been, gosh, probably three months ago, before, right after the election. And so I don't speak for him, and I'm not here to tell you that I know what he meant when he said what he said. But I think we know enough about him from the body of his life's work not to be misled not to have disinformation have us think that President Trump is something different now than he's been all of his life. He's a patriot. He loves this country. So my analysis could be wrong, but I try to make it in good faith, and I try to give you my honest thoughts because I believe at the end of the day, and you know this, if you we spent some time together, uh, Clay, this is, I think, our 14th fireside chat. Yes, sir. There's one thing that I do believe in. Despite being a flawed man, I believe in truth. Period. You got to face the good, the bad, and the ugly. You can't distort it. You can't misrepresent it. You can't hide from it. You got to face it. This country needs to face the cold, hard truth of what's going on right now, and then we need to take action. We need to continue to support President Trump. We need to continue to support our military. We need to continue to support each other. Linwood, thank you, my friend. I can't wait to shake your hand in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in a mask-free environment. How about that? I, 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 in fact, I'm going to even hug you. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hug, then I'm going to handshake, then you're going to have to call security. <laughs> I'm not calling security on you at all. I'll be glad to get you. <laughs> all right, brother. God, God, created, God created us to be social people. He wants to shake hands. He wants to hug each other. Amen, and amen. So the, people that, the, people, the people that are trying to take away those kind of God-given rights, they're not going to win. So you can shake my hand, and I'll give you a hug. How about that? All right, brother. You take care. Have a wonderful evening. God bless you. Take care.